This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Good morning, WA. Good morning, Sab. Good morning, Christine. <laughs> we were having a chat off air, as you do. Yes. And it ended with the phrase, cool bananas. And I turned yep. to Sabrina and went, where did that saying come from? So uh, in my deepest, darkest memory, um, when the kids, my kids were little, there was a series of three books. So one was called Far Out Brussels Sprout. Ah, oh, yes. And there was something about bananas. But we used to have this saying, cool bananas, Vasco pyjamas. So I got no idea where that came from. It was post bananas in pyjamas. So Vasco I don't know. Pajamas. Yeah, I don't know where Vasco came from in his pajamas. But there were, <laughs> but there were three. There were three books. Someone out there will remember. Mm. Um, and so what? Jesse's thirty six now, and Tom's thirty. No, that's the other child. She's thirty. Tom must be thirty two. So it was uh, so quite a, a few ago. years ago when mm. they were little. We used to read these books, and they had all the rhyming things in them. Because oh, it's good for their brain. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. if you know the books of which Sabrina speaks. Or give us a call. Do it anyway. 1300 222 and we'll start taking your calls. Far out Brussels sprout. Yeah, it's love so- that one. Yeah. Love it. You know, I didn't like Brussels sprouts until living in Albany. There's oh. there's an eatery down there run by an amazing local chef, Amy Hamilton, mm. and she does fried Brussels sprouts and they are deluxe. Mm. Yeah. They're deep fried, aren't they? Oh, they must be. Yeah, yeah they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah they are divine. Mm. And uh, when you go to Tasmania, when you go to the fruit and veggie markets, they actually sell the Brussels sprouts on the stem. Oh. So on the flowering stem. So you buy you buy, buy, you buy <laughs> them and fly away. Right, that's right. Um, so you buy them on the stem. They're so fresh. Yeah. They're, they're like, um, well, I used to try and get the kids to eat them and I'd say that they were fairy cabbages. <laughs> but that did not work. How did that go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, broccoli should really have a saying. It's unfair that broccoli... I know, it's but it's harder veggie. to rhyme broccoli, isn't yeah. it? Well, um, you could say broccoli. Broccoli. Mm. Um, I spy your fly, broccoli. broccoli. <laughs> Let's start with the text line for once. Ian from Mount Hawthorne, good morning. He said, I sent this last week but was unable to listen to the entire show and I don't think we got to it, so you're safe. I would phone, but I have a speech impediment that pre- precludes me from phoning in. How much do I need to prune a two-metre mango? How big a hole do I dig? And when do I transplant a semi-dwarf mango? Okay, so all mangoes need to be transplanted now, not on the 37-degree day, but you need to do it while it's warm. Definitely don't do it when that starts cooling down. Um, you can Once mangoes are mature, you can prune them quite hard, but when they're young, you can't take more than a third off. They're actually really susceptible to sunburn. Oh. So, Why is that? Because um, the, the bark is actually quite soft. Um, and you see that on a lot of juvenile trees. The, where the trunk faces west when they're quite young, they'll get sunburnt and they get this, it's almost like a crocodile skin on them. Yeah. They get a section facing west that's just all cracked and Like a leather dry. handbag when you've been on the beach for too long. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Yep. So um, now when you've got a new fruit tree, you need to dig the hole twice the depth but four times the width because the feeder roots will come out in that area. So 
very important to do that. All right. Hope you got to hear that, Ian. Uh, this could be our favourite caller of the day, but don't let it put you off. 1300 222 720. David in Belmont knows the author of the book. Hey, Hello, David. David. Hello, how are you? Yeah, we're good. So you've got you've got the author of those books. I was going to say Paul Jennings, but I'm not too sure, but I remember the books. It was Unreal Banana Peel and Far Out Brussels Sprout. Yeah, oh. Unreal Banana Peel. That's the one, David. Um, I, I remember them from school as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I remember reading them myself. I just I was going to say Paul Jennings, but I'm not too sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I've got Johnny Paul Burns. Jennings. Oh, no, hang on. That's an album. No, that is a... No, that is something different. Let me find out. You, you talk gardening and I'll be over here. <laughs> um, they were great books. I, all my kids absolutely loved them. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. yeah that, that's right. That's the, um, that's the clincher, isn't it? If you can write books that the parents absolutely love reading <laughs> the kids, that's it's right. going to get read very often. <laughs> Slinky malinky. <laughs> I still have I still have it as a saying is unreal banana peel. I, I still say it to this day. <laughs> well, I still say far out Brussels sprout. I've got one here from June Factor, but mm. I'm not sure. It could be it could be a new oh. age remix. We're not sure, but if you do know, give us a call. Do you have a, a gardening question you want to tack on the end, David? No, I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good man. Thanks oh, for the call. Thank you, David. <laughs> Oh, no worries. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. 1300 222 Give us a call. We've got some lines free. 1300 222 On the text line, I have a large paper bark tree in a lawn area where I work and the roots at the surface are presenting a trip hazard. Can I cut these roots out? I'm concerned the tree will either die or yeah. fall over. No, the tree won't die. And yes, you can cut those surface roots out. Okay. Um, and it looks like it's kind of near the pavement. It's about 50. 15 metres mm. high. Yep, wonderful. Uh, 1300 720. Give us a call if you've got a question to ask Sabrina as the lines go mad. Uh, on the text line, uh, Carol from Mount Barker, photos show a plum tree. It hasn't had dead leaves like this before. Not sure of oh. the problem. Oh, Oh, that's got a couple of problems. Um, so for our listeners that can't see said plum tree, all the edges are sort of brown and you can see that the leaves are skeletonized, and it's also got sort of white little pock marks, meaning that it's had thrip as well. Um, now, that's, there's something severely wrong with that. That is not just a nutrient deficiency. That, that looks more like some sort of fungal disease. You need to dig it down around the base of the tree and make sure there's no rotting. Um, it may have pear and cherry slug as well, which also attacks plums. Yeah, and she said a new concrete footpath has been installed about a month ago, two metres away from the tree. Could this have caused problems? Ah, uh, if there's lime, that may have indeed been a problem if it's got washed off into the... Remember, tree roots travel. Mm. So if the tree root's been near where the cement's gone down, it may, all the wash off may have actually affected the tree. The great thing is... It'll be going into dormancy soon, <laughs> so um, I would I would feed it. I'd give it a liquid fertilizer and a seaweed solution, and hose that in really well and see if that's going to pick it up a bit. Very good, uh, Debbie from Manjimup joins us. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Morning, Debbie. How are you? Very well. Good. 
Um, I've got um, native frangipani trees here. I've had two. Yeah. And now they're just going ballistic. They're dro- They're growing everywhere. Oh, as in self-seeding? Is, oh, that's what I wondered. Are they self-seeding or yeah. suffering? No, no, they'll be self-seeding, Debbie. Okay. Now, can I... Are they good trees to yeah, have Yeah, they're everywhere? beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. Okay. Beautiful trees. And are they fire retardant? I heard that from somewhere. Slightly fire retardant, yep. They're a, uh, they're a rainforest trees, so they yep. have that sort of leathery leaf. Yep. Um, yep. That's no no problem at all. So if I could I dig them up because they are they pop up everywhere. Yeah yeah yeah. Just dig them up and put them in a pot or transplant them. Okay, and they don't have to be in a canopy somewhere or anything. No, no. I tell you what, they've been used as a street tree on my front verge. Oh. Um, well, not mine because I replanted my front bird <laughs> on the neighbours' front verges. <laughs> Council um, <laughs> Well played, Spring. <laughs> uh, and they get no water. They're in full sun and the council come and massacre them because they're un- underneath power lines. And oh, no. <laughs> they're beautiful. Great. Oh, yeah, so, no, go go and plot. I shall do that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. Really good. All right. Thanks, Debbie. We'll go to Gwyn from Pemberton. Good morning. Hello. Morning, Gwyn. Hello. How are you? Good. It's lovely to hear you all every day. Aww, <laughs> thank you, Gwyn. Every day. Um, I've had plagues of gr- hundreds of grasshoppers this year. Mm. We had them last year too. Not just the, the small ones, but the giant ones that look a bit like locusts. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I've eaten two lots of... Um, um, dwarf emerging beans and one lot of broccoli. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, I don't want to kill the birds. I don't know no. what to do to keep them away. Look, it's really hard with locusts and grasshoppers, Gwyn, because they move through so fast um, and they eat <laughs> really fast. Some people have had success spraying neem oil. Oh, neem oil, yeah. Yeah, um, mainly because of the flavour of it. But if they come in large numbers, there's really absolutely nothing that stops them. hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. They've been there since uh, just after Christmas, early New Year, and as you walk, hundreds they in a They all jump up, yeah. Up yeah. Particularly the big ones. Yeah, and, and they're, they're so quite annoying. meaty. <laughs> it's so annoying trying to, um, you know, grow vegetables. Grow anything, yeah, until they've sort of passed through. Yeah, I just wonder if there was some organic way of treating them because I know they'll emerge sometime. I had a friend that up in the Kimberley that was about probably five years ago, a really, really bad plague came through and they basically stripped all the top end and the only bit of green that she really loved and adored was her her lawn and they like they'd eaten the entire garden so she sprayed she read somewhere and i think it was on an american garden site to spray to change the color from green so she sprayed her lawn bright yellow did she <laughs> wow. and they actually did not eat the lawn <laughs> So I don't know. I reckon it's worth experimenting. The only thing is they haven't touched the big trees and the big shrubs. It just seems to be the smaller things that might be. Yeah, 
And, and we've got Dan saying that he spray ca- spray painted it to a different colour and it worked. Um, yep. So we've got people texting and calling in saying that it does work. Yeah. So I would get yeah. I'd get out the so of course with edible plants it needs to be a vegetable dye. I was going to say it won't damage them, will it? No, no, no. Oh gosh, no, no, no. Just yeah. use a vegetable dye, oh, and um, yes. What <laughs> See how that goes? <laughs> well, she had success color. with yellow, so I don't know. Maybe. Try blue okay. or yellow or blue. or Depends on your barrack for, doesn't yes, it? Yes, <laughs> it does, does. Or you could experiment, Gwyn, yes. and uh, yes. do different colours and see which one works the best. Let us know if it works, Gwyn. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for the call. 1300 Lots of text now. Vasco Pajamas comes from uh, a Lunig cartoon. Don't know the rest of uh-huh, it, Andy. Ah, it does too. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Broccoli is little trees. Yeah. Yes, that they is are little, little trees. trees. Little tiny trees. And it is June Factor who authored those books. Ah, there um, you go. Lots of text. Pauline in Esperance, Stephanie uh, has said, Sabrina, the three books are All Right, Vegemite, yes. Unreal Banana Peel and Fire Out Brussels Sprout. That's them. From the 90s. Thank you so much, Ooh, Stephanie. We feel so much better, Chantel yeah. from Stuart Hill. Thank you as well. Uh, let's go to Aaron, who's in South Fremantle and has a large tree that sucked all the nutrients out of his compost bin. Oh. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> I bet you. Hi, guys. How you doing? I bet you that tree's looking bloody good, though. <laughs> well, yeah, it's looking pretty happy with itself right now. <laughs> Tell us more. How'd it happen? Uh, first, first compost bin ever. I was pretty proud of myself. Went out there the other day. Hadn't looked at it for a little while. I parked it about three metres from a really large tree in my backyard. Yeah. And it seems that the roots have come up through it from the bottom <laughs> and he's stolen all of my goodness. Is that, oh, is credit that to the tree, though. I, how, can I save it or is that's, it done? That's exactly how it works, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Aaron. Um, yeah. So I've got a one-by-one one cubic metre um, compost bin and I deliberately put mine in between a nectarine tree and an apple tree and they're happy as. Um, now, the, but the trees of those have not actually gone into the compost. They're just sucking all the nutrients out. Well, it's just, it's just really dry now. It looks like it could be... I'm wondering whether I can wet it down to kind of re-energise it. Or oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, you certainly can. You might need to use a wetting agent in there as well, Aaron. Okay. Now, what tree is it? Oh, I couldn't tell you. It looks like a... Like a it's a gum. Sure. Okay, so gum trees will definitely, the root system will go in there and that's going to keep on happening. So uh, on your compost bin, you might need to put a barrier, put holes in it, drainage holes in it to yeah. stop the roots from getting in. But gum trees will definitely seek out compost bins. Yeah, all right, little rascals. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. 1300 222 720. Tom is in Wajin. Hello, Tom. Hello. Um I've got a frangipani. It's yeah. about five or six years old and it's in a 50-litre pot. Yes. And it's about a metre high. It's been flowering, but this year it's got lovely foliage but no flowers. I know. Look, uh, if it makes you feel any better, Tom, a lot of people have had that problem because yeah. we've had sort of a late start to summer. Yeah. And it hasn't... We haven't really had a lot of hot days, but... Um, I think it's weather more than anything. The other thing in pots, Tom, is sometimes you need to foliar fertilise them because 
they sort of extract all the nutrients out of the soil, yeah. but not with nitrogen. You need all the trace elements, Tom. Yeah, well, I bought a bag of that uh, fair grow that you... Yep, uh, yep, and yep. I- so, I put some of that around it, but yeah. it help it? Yeah, that would definitely help because of the minerals in that. Yeah. So, um, and I think it's just time. Like, we're going to get a bit of hot weather next week. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been sort of a very mild summer so yeah, far. Yeah, we've had some pretty good days the last or three or four weeks, you know, yep. up 33, 35. Yeah, so it does take a little while for frangipanis to sort of, you know, once the heat's hit, that's when they'll yeah. start sort of making all the flowers. So no, it, looks, it looks nice and green and Yeah, and good. healthy, yeah. Just not flowering. Last yeah. year flowered and the year before. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll give it a day for that. Um, yeah, the fertiliser, yeah, yeah. And okay. um, that, that should certainly kick it along. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I did when I planned them and I was told to was put some old copper pipe down around the birds. Oh, very good, Tom, very good. Yeah. And did you? Yeah, yeah. Good man. Yeah, it seems to do it a lot of good. So. Yeah, yeah. That's dedication. Thanks for the call, yeah. Tom. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, Tom. Tom from Wagen. 1300-222-720. I've got a very sad-looking guy on the text <laughs> line here. Long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller. Why are my new native plants oh, dying? Look, he's got a sad, sad face and thumbs down. <laughs> he says, in fairness, my retic has intermittently gone on strike since I planted them. Damien, south of the river. They are looking... It's a very sad-looking kangaroo, Paul. That, the whole garden looks pretty sad. Uh, now, don't give up, Damien. Do you know what I... I reckon it is. Well, number number one, you really do need to put mulch around those plants. Oh. Uh, I think it's more that the soil has dried out. I can see that he's done a bit of soil improvement. Um, so I think I think water penetration it might be the problem there. Get a wetting agent, put it on. And then water that in really, really well and then water them again tomorrow and I think you'll find that they'll pick up pretty quickly. Whatever you do, do not fertilise them. Never fertilise natives when they're under stress. You can put seaweed solution on, but that's it. But I think it's a water problem. It's 23 minutes past nine. Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. Ashley from Bassendine has a question about hibiscus. Good morning, Ashley. Hi, how are you going? G'day, Ashley. G'day. Um, yeah, I've got some hibiscus along our back fence. They get a lot of sun, but they're watered regularly. And a couple of weeks ago, most of their leaves turned yellow and dropped off. Mm. Ah. Uh, now, was it the older leaves? Um, probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hibiscus will do that. That's quite a natural thing for them to do. They'll shed the old leaves and then put the energy back into the new leaves, particularly okay. when they're flowering. So that's it's, – it's if it's, – the problem arises when a lot of the leaves are going yellow. Okay. Yeah, I noticed there is new growth. Yeah. Now, but I was yep. wondering whether it was the lack of something in the soil. Well, or... you need to feed them up now because now is yep. when they're putting on all their growth. Okay. So, so okay. just you can liquid feed them, but also granular feed them. Okay, that's good. I gave yep. them some Osmocote the other day. Is that yep. Well, right? that's yeah, that's great. But remember that slow release. So that'll take a little while to, you know, you're looking at about four weeks. So. I would liquid fertilise them in between because I'll get that straight away and then the slow-release fertiliser kicks in. 
I used to love hibiscus flowers at my Omar's oh, house so in Bedford. And as a kid, I'd pick them and try and put them behind my ear. Yeah. And my ear was very small and the flower was very big. But I'd always find it was filled with ants. Is that oh. the case with all hibiscus or was it just this one was quite popular? Mm, it must have been that one. Well, of course, the ants go in for the pollen as well, not just mm, bees. So okay. we used to put them in float bowls. Oh, yeah. Mm. That would look lovely, mm. wouldn't it? I bet Wombat's got a float bowl. Hello, sir. How are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, me mate Wombat. What are you up to today? Sabrina, uh, listen to this. I want you to go into politics. Ah, oh, Wombat, you know I'd be no good. I'd swear at them all. Federal or state? It doesn't matter. I want the portfolio I want into his environment. Ah, oh, thank you, Wombat. I know I'd have your vote, but I don't know if I'd had a lot of other people's votes. <laughs> How about the Cedar Curtain? <laughs> <laughs> I'd stop them from taking out all the bloody trees, Wombat, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, they that's what they want, mate. But then again, if you're down in uh, Esperance and out that Port Lagoon Park, you wouldn't want any trees. They're all gone. I know, oh, the Wombat. Fire. The yeah. fire, yeah. Not good. Still oh, a watching act last I saw, but yeah, I'm sure there'll was, be updates yeah, in news. Yeah. Yep. But, Wombat, you know what? I think you're my biggest support. You could be my campaign manager. <laughs> no problem. Definitely media <laughs> advisor because you speak to us enough, Wombat. We love you. You're amazing. We love Thank Wombat. You. Thank you, Wombat. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Peter is in Valdivis. Uh, good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, um, Peter. Hi, Serena. Uh, listen, a place where I work, uh, it's a retirement village. Yeah. And uh, they've got a grassed area, which has got two rather large uh, paper bag trees. Yeah. And they've got some surface fruits there. Yeah. And they're concerned that they're, they're a bit of a trip at it. They use that area for uh, functions. Oh, yeah. And they're concerned... Uh, they become a bit of a trip hazard. Now, I'm wondering, I've sent a photograph earlier, um, whether I can cut those roots out without damaging the, the tree or yep. risking the tree of killing it or falling over, in fact. Uh, well, it, it definitely won't fall over. No? Um, but, yes, you can cut those roots out. Oh, great. Yeah, so um, it's better than taking the whole tree out, Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You might get, so depending on the the size of the root system and how many you're cutting out, it may affect one part of the tree. Right, okay. So, um, you know, how many roots are you looking at taking out? Well, on the photograph, there's, uh, there's three main ones. Yep. Um uh, but the tree does have a bit of a lean, but... Um, oh, yeah, but that, that's nothing to worry cool. about. No? Yeah, that's okay. nothing to worry about. Lovely. No, no, go ahead rather than take the tree out. Excellent, thanks. Okay, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Kate is in Beverly. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, Sabrina and Christina. Good morning. Hello. Um, now, my capsicums. Yeah. They're getting um, a rot in the bottom of them. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay, so there's a couple of things that can be. There is a thing that's like a vinegar fly that lays a grub just under the calyx, which is the top bit that holds the fruit on, um, and that can cause rotting. But when you cut the capsicum open, you will see that it has um, lots of poo in it. No. Uh, the other thing that causes that is a calcium deficiency with watering that's been erratic. Um, I, I give them chook manure and blood and bone once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's really high nitrogen and some phosphorus. 
but it's not doesn't contain lots of calcium. So you may need to switch across to a mineral fertilizer that's got all the minerals in it, including calcium, sulfur, magnesium, manganese, iron, zinc, all those other sorts of stuff. Right. That dynode lifter, would that be any good? Well, that's mainly ni- that's nitrogen as well. Oh, so, that's nitrogen. Yeah, well. so you need a more complete fertiliser mm-hmm. that's got trace elements in it. Trace elements. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Kate. Thank you, bye. We hate a rotten bottom. Uh, it is 9.30 as you take a sip of your ah, drink on that's ABC Birth. Something I, I, a young mother back. can say. I held back. And ah, then it, just, it, it came out like, my, like happens with I my baby. Know. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. That's a long time since I've seen a rotten bottom. Thank <laughs> God. Yeah, sometimes it takes, you know, 20 wipes to, to sort it out. It's a good No, time. I find the garden hose is quite effective. Oh! Oh, that's a great you idea. Just take them out in summer. Don't do it in winter. It's a bit cruel in winter. Oh, it is. Just oh. go and hose their little bottom out. Although Perth winter is nothing compared to Albany. No, 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 oh. no, no. You don't want. It. Well, even in summer, probably in Albany, you yeah, don't want to hose your kitties down. But back in the olden days, mm. when we lived in Esperance and Jessie was a baby, I grew the best broccoli on her nappy contents. Did you really? Yeah, used to hose the nappies out on the veggie garden. Really? Yeah, and hose her down as well. Um, <laughs> wow, that is dedication. What did the neighbours think? Well, they were too oh, far we're away. Oh, on a farm. Yeah, good. No Fair one enough. could see. <laughs> Only the ruse. Good to know. I wonder if I... Could I do that with the indoor plants? Probably not recommended. Oh, uh, not if you're bringing them indoors. The sunlight and that sort of stuff kills a lot of bacteria. Although baby poo, I mean, it, it even smells sweet, doesn't it? Breastfed. Babies. Um, oh no, we're on we're on the bottle. Oh, you're now. on the oh, on okay. The bottle, yes. Yeah, but still not a lot of. So like, she's not chowing down on chop or no, anything. No, no, and she's not spraying the walls or anything. Not to get too graphic, no. but you know, <laughs> they're generally they're, they're nuggets that you can pick up and. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway. oh, with your doggy bags. Poor and Bonnie, stuff. she's not old enough to know that I'm talking about her on radio. So that's good. On the text line, Christine in Jellerup. Uh, good morning, Sabrina. My chrysanthemums are in full flower, gold one since November. What do I need to do to have them flowering in? May. Oh, um, beautiful purple ones on either side. Well, you're going to have to prune, prune them now, even though they're in flower. So prune them, take fifty percent off, then start liquid fertilising them. Mm. Mm. All right, shall we take a break? Let's let's get your pick of the week. You've you've chosen a song which might be applicable to many of the, the plants and trees that we've been hearing today. <laughs> it may well be. <laughs> UK group uh, London Grammar. Why, why'd you pick this one? Um, well, I really love their music. But, you know, I went and saw them when they were here in Perth yeah. a few years ago. I can't remember how. The, the years just fly. It could be one. It could be ten years ago. <laughs> and um, I was a bit disappointed because the whole band wasn't here and it was so... Choreographed in terms of so they had this massive big background board, and the three members so they had drums, vocals, and guitar. But because everything was on a loop, and the and the background video connected with what the song was, there was no deviation, no chatting with the crowd. No, you live for deviation. That must have been hard to watch. in my day when you went to concerts they were completely unpredictable you could have it you could have vomit 
thrown up on you. <laughs> you could have people collapsing on the stage. They'd be so drunk when they came out they couldn't even sing. I mean, it was, and that and that was just the crowd. Yeah. Can you imagine? But yet you still pick them as your yeah, song. Yeah, I know, no. They're, You're they're, forgiving. Yeah, I'm very forgiving. <laughs> I'm very forgiving. So did you walk away with an unsatisfied feeling yes, after that? Yes, yeah. definitely. Because you could have just sat at home and listened to it. Yeah, that that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> oh, well, nonetheless. I still love them. <laughs> Strong London grammar. Give us a call, 1300 We'll take some more calls after this. It's 27 minutes to 10. Thirteen strong is picked by Sabrina Hahn. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. I still love it though. It's a good. Song. I know it's a great song. It's a great <sighs> song. Usually we get a bit of feedback from people on my pick. Sometimes, oh, yes. sometimes we get people that are very creative <laughs> in their criticisms, <laughs> which I love. It's a good way to put it. Because then we poke back. <laughs> But uh, focus, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the text line, speaking of which, hi, Sabrina. I have a very large bromeliad. Mm, is that right? Very good. Oh, which has produced a giant flower. So far, it's about five foot tall. Uh, it's looking a bit dodgy now, and I think I should probably feed it, but I don't know what type of food nor where to actually put the fertilizer. Do I put it in the plant itself or onto the soil? So, okay. For those so, playing at home, how would you describe this? It's almost. It's, <clears throat> it's like plant. Pornography close up <laughs> is the fact. best way of describing the flower and the close image. Mm. Further away, it is a it's gigantic. <laughs> um, it's the largest bromeliad I've ever seen. So it's one of the bromeliad family. Uh, now, with the bromeliad flower, you've got to wait for it to finish flowering and then you've got to cut the flower off down at the bottom. And his bottom... His bottom's a bit soggy as well. Oh. Not the owner of the bromeliad, but the bromeliad <laughs> itself. The uh, bottom leaves oh, are a little browning. bit browning off at the edge, which usually means overwatering. Mm. They can be fertilised. Um, just use a very mild, slow-release fertiliser and cut those bottom leaves off because the that brown will go all the way through. Now, speaking of bromeliads... Mm. Today at the South Perth um, Community Centre is the Garden Clubs and Society Plant Fair. Okay. Now, at this plant fair, you get all the little garden clubs who are passionate about various groups of plants. Oh. So so they'll be nutso. You'll get a whole group that are just <laughs> obsessed with bromeliads, then another group that are obsessed with palms and ferns, another group that are really into begonias or gerberas or roses wow. or hibiscus or orchids. So if you want to know anything about any plant... 
go to this fair. It's on Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to go this afternoon because you get really rare and unusual stuff oh, there. Oh, interesting. But it's the wealth of information that is packed in that one hall. And that's coming from you. That's coming from <laughs> me. Like every year I go there, I learn the most astonishing stuff because these people are really into that whatever that class of plant is. Wow. So who, who's, which class impressed you the most last year? Well, I've never been into ferns, but I saw the most amazing native ferns. They were beautiful and came home with a big armful. And as everyone knows, I'm a begonia fanatic, so I have mm. quite a large collection of begonias, so I always aim there first <laughs> to see, see if your there's people. anything I haven't got. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just really interesting. There's People there that'll tell you how to do grafting on various plants. It's fantastic. Wow, look at that. You can get scones. They have morning and afternoon tea as well. So today and tomorrow. Very get on good. get on down. It's twenty minutes to ten. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Maureen from Nedlands has been waiting patiently. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning, ladies. Morning, Maureen. Um, love your show. You always put a smile on my face. Oh, thank you, Maureen. Um as a couple of years ago, I saw um, some uh, nice blue lavender and some Leocosperum cordifolium yellow. Yeah. No, I'm yep. not. I'm not. Um, I'm not a whiz on this. I'm reading from a label. Yes, yes, <laughs> I yes. I don't know what, what its normal name is. So I put both of them in this little uh, round front garden I've got. Yeah. Um, the lavender went well, but uh, there was no such thing as yellow on my cordifolio. Um, so. It's it's grown sort of long and spindly, and they're very brittle, and yeah. it's got a, a, a thick base to it. What do I do to get these yellow flowers? The okay, yellow flowers? now the the Lucas like slightly acidic soil, so you need to go and get yourself some powdered sulphur to drop okay. the pH of your. Uh, soil and I would also get because you're in Netherlands I'd go and get some clay but you only need a small amount of clay Maureen so it's more to do with the soil than anything Um, and then uh, they'll need uh, trace elements because they'll they really need the potassium and also manganese and iron so that's that's what helps. The other thing is the because they're from South Africa, so the soil type is slightly acidic, which is different to our soil type. And is it in full sun? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, most of the time. Okay, is, yeah, that's um, fine, yeah. as long as it gets lots yeah. of sun. So I think yeah. it's a soil issue more than anything, Maureen. But you can prune them. So can I, well, if I cut them back, there's six stalky things at the bottom. Do I cut it right down to the stalks? Yeah, yeah, and it'll shoot yeah. from the base. Yeah. Okay, mm. okay. So it's sulphur. Yep. Um, and then trace elements. Trace elements. Yeah. What was the other one? Clay. Another one. Bit of clay. clay. That's yep. right. Sulphur, yep. clay and trace elements. Yep. Thank you ever so much. Okay. Pleasure, Maureen. 1300 Thanks, Maureen. Uh, on the text line from Yasmin, my lovely bottle brush looks dead and is hanging perilously over my patio. My hopeful neighbour thinks it might be salvageable because there are some green shoots. Mm. What should we do now? I have no. to say in terms of the green shoots versus the brown branches, it's probably mm. 10% green and 90% I brown. Reckon, I reckon less than that, Christine. Yeah. I reckon about five. Oh. Uh, now... 
It's unusual for cholestamines to do. So basically what we're looking at is really a dead cholestamine. The thing to do is to prune that back really, really hard. I know it's got green shoots on it. Highly unlikely it's going to survive. So what you do is you give it your best shot. So you need to prune it right down, not not right down to ground level, but take all those upper branches off. When you're pruning, have a look and see if there's any green underneath the bark because that's the cambium layer. If you've got green in the cambium layer, there is still hope. Um, but I... Mm. Yeah. I'd put a little Buddha underneath it perhaps, (laughs) Uh, some prayer flags. (laughs) Whatever you can, Yasmin, whatever you can. Yeah, a little bit of Gregorian chanting. (laughs) Uh, Don't like your chances. But that's the best. Have a crack at that and if that doesn't work... She's out. Yeah. Uh, Christopher in Mundaring, I'm in beautiful Mount Helena, so I have access to lots of horse manure. Mm. Just wondering if it's better to use it fresh or should I use the stuff that's been laying around for a while? Is there a difference? Yes, there certainly is a difference. So I'd use the stuff that's been laying around for a while. And don't forget, horse manure has quite a few weeds in it, but that's usually oats and stuff like that and it's easy to pull out. But I would any manure... Don't use it fresh, apart from your baby's nappy stuff. <laughs> um, you're, you're much better off just waiting for it to break down a bit. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Barbara from Clarkson has been patiently waiting. Another Frangipani question. We've ah, had a few this morning. Hello, have. Barbara. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much. I'm a Frangipani lover and my garden is absolutely full of them. Oh. But I've got one tree in particular um, that the tips of the branches have started to turn yellow and the leaves coming out of those branches are coming out black. And it's oh. And I don't want it to spread to my other frangipanis, so I'm wondering what to do, please. Definitely not. Okay, what you need to do, Barbara, is go and get yourself some anti-rot and you mix it with water and you spray it all over that tree. Excellent. And Thanks. I would I do it... Sure yeah, I'd do it today. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll head off there. Go right now. Go. Don't don't hesitate, Barbara. <laughs> Hang up on us. Go. Good advice. Excellent. Thank you so much. No worries, Barbara. Save okay, the frangipanis. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Kate in Yokine missed the announcement about the South Perth event. What was it called again? Oh, it's the um, it's the societies. Uh, it's the garden clubs and societies plant fair on at the South Perth Community Centre today and tomorrow. Very good. Um, this from uh, Jane in Broome. Mm-hmm. A, a big shout out to the Roebuck Bay Working Group who published a great little book on what to plant and what not to plant in your garden. Ah. If we all did our bit, we could eradicate the horrible destructive weeds that are strangling our native plants, mm. Jane says. Because there's so many beautiful native plants up in the Kimberley. And, of course, because they have that lovely tropical humid climate when weeds get in there they certainly go berserk they thrive yeah mm. melissa's in pemberton good morning melissa oh good morning christine and <laughs> <Serena>. morning, <Melissa. laughs> um yeah i wanted to ask you about my blueberries sabrina and i've spoken to you about my blueberry before yeah in fact you saved its life uh-huh. because I, when I first moved from Fremantle to pemberton i googled it because yeah. it was sick and it it said 
it's got rust and it, it, you need to destroy it because it'll spread and, you know. Yeah. So when I rang you, you said, no, it's just adjusting to the, the change in mm. temperature and conditions. So, and it's, you're right, it's thriving. Oh, it's fantastic. fantastic. And I had a beautiful crop from it. Um, but it's in a really large pot. Yeah. And it's quite advanced. Like it's probably, you know, it's got some woody kind of limbs on it that are about two inches in diameter. Yeah. It's got lots of fresh growth on it. I'm wondering when and how to prune it and also whether it would be okay to put it in the ground down here. Yeah, in Pemberton you could put them in the ground, no worries, Melissa. Um, So basically you you can prune a third off, no problem at all. Uh, The blueberries, as you know, come on the new growth, so... Uh, whenever you encourage that new growth, that's when you will... Now, some blueberries will fruit twice. You'll get two fruiting seasons. So uh, has yours just finished or it's uh, still in... It was in... a while ago. Actually. Yeah, so you can yeah. prune that now. Okay, yep. right. Yeah, it's got lots of new fresh growth on it. So should oh, I just leave it? the new fresh growth yeah. And go for the older wood. Oh, the that, older stuff. Yeah, that isn't pro, uh, producing any new shoots yet. Okay, and pop it in the ground when, uh, what, what's a good time to transplant well, it? Well, down the there, I'd do it now. Even so, with the prune it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, prune it now okay. and then pop it in the ground. Okay, and is there anything I should put in the hole? particularly uh, Yeah, well, don't forget they like acidic soil. So um, put in some nice fresh compost. Um, they like, yep. you know, free draining, a, a little bit of powdered sulphur just to drop the pH and off they'll go. Good stuff. Thanks, Melissa. Good to he- Nice to hear a good news story, It hey? is, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, when it comes full circle. Um, by the way, Aidan says, love the show and the song choice. So you've ah, not, you've not thank you, Aidan. Poked in a bad way. And this is a word I can't pronounce, but I'm going to try anyway. Okay. I've got two plum trees espaliered. Very good, Christine. Ooh, yeah, that, that means fluke. they've trained it so there's only a certain amount of stems left on it. Oh, okay. One is a narrabeen. Yeah. Uh, looks to be wilting and dying and the other is a mariposa. Yes. Um, going great guns. Is there some form of fungal issue? Any chance of salvaging this? It's the second attempt I've made with a narrabeen. Oh, right. Mm. Um Okay, Aiden. Um, so with the with the plum tree, um, oh, I'm looking at the picture of it. Oh, now, um, no, that's pretty well gone to God, I would say. Uh, so it, de- I would say it definitely is a fungal issue. Now it can be coming from the root system of the plant, or. Or it could be that spot. If you've had trees in that spot before that have died, it may be that pocket of soil. So you might need to dig that soil out, but uh, she ain't looking good. Mm. Rest in peace. Uh, We've got Roz from Woodlands on the line. Good morning, Roz. Oh, hello. Um, Thanks for taking my call. I love the show, ladies. Oh, thank you, Roz. You're welcome. Um, Sabrina, I have a small triangular area about two metres from the house. Yeah. uh, North-facing. Yeah. Uh, next to a fence, that's where I want to plant it. Um, the house reflects a lot of heat. I have some plants there uh, already, but they're not doing very well. Right. I was wondering if you could suggest possibly a native um, plant or tree that I could plant at, at that point next to the fence that's not going to interfere with the um, house. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you just want a small tree, really? 
Well, no, it's as big as we can get. Oh, as big as you can get. Okay. Oh, okay. So do you, um, would you like a canopy tree or do you want a sort of a more of a um, a upright tree? Probably an upright Sabrina, because I can't see myself climbing on the roof getting the leaves out of (laughs) (laughs) Good forward thinking, Roz. (laughs) Good point. Good point, Roz. Um, Okay, so... There's a few things you can have that that will give you plenty of that shade. So there's a lovely melaleuca called melaleuca viridiflora. So V-I-R-I-D-I-F-L-O-R-A. Has pretty red bottle brush flowers. Birds love it. Um, and it's a, it's a gorgeous melaleuca tree. Sounds lovely. Yeah, so I'd put that in because that'll give you plenty of height Mm -hmm. and doesn't, so it's not a dome-shaped tree, it's more of an upright tree. Excellent. Yeah. And it won't um, interfere with the house? No, gosh no. No, no, no problem. Okay. Thank you so much, Okay, thank um, you, Roz. Yes, thank you, Carolyn, and I love your show. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Love a good, love a good phone hug. Thank you, Roz. Um, Let's go to Colin from Nanup. Good morning, Colin. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've got. I had an acacia tree, a very large one. Yeah. I've had it removed. Yeah. But what would be the? uh, I've got a stem, a trunk about two foot high growing, and I've got at least twenty or thirty new acacia trees growing all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what would be the best way to... Would it be better for me to poison it or would it be better to remove it? You you won't need to poison it, Colin. It'll just die. Once you cut it down to ground level, it will not reshoot. Well, I've got shoots coming up off of the roots, it looks a bit. Dozens of them. Oh, oh, that's probably the seed. That's probably, pardon? The seed... So the acacia tree would have dropped hundreds of seeds. Oh. Oh. So they're new little trees. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, well, if that's the case, then I'm quite happy with that. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> you probably... get rid of those quite easily. Yeah, yeah, so, so that you just pull those up. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Hey, Colin, question, how far are you from where the fire was? I know that, that Nana... Well, they did say about 17 kilometres. Okay. Oh, okay. We got all the smoke and all the planes, et cetera, and... It was like the Second World War at one time. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but we didn't have, a, fortunately, any problem from the fire. Oh, oh that's, that's good. good. Good to hear. Thanks for the call, Colin. And thank you for your help. Pleasure. Bye. 1300 Sue in Williton would like to know the name of this very pretty shrub, which I wish to oh. purchase. I've always wondered what that's been called. It's well, they got- call it a snowflake bush um but what it is it's brainia b-r-e-y-n-i-a brainia nervosa so it's got the beautiful i suppose forest green round leaves yeah a bit of white through it and at the ends it's red the new growth is pink yeah pink pink tops so now with that particular brainia unless if you put it in dense shade you won't get all those lovely colors it just goes green so the more light you give it the more white and hot pink it's like a hypercolour T-shirt. Do you yeah, remember those? Yeah, yeah, it went by your body heat. Yeah, or you put the iron on it, not while it was on you, of course. I knew <laughs> no, that in year two. No, not while it was on you. Yeah, thank God mum was there. Uh, Jane from Cottesloe, another hibiscus problem. Good morning. Hello, Jane. Hi. Hi, Sabrina. 
Look, I have uh, two hibiscuses, one's in a pot and the other one's in the ground. Yeah. And just below where the beautiful flowers are coming yeah. is a little circle and the flowers are dropping off. Okay, that, so um, it, so the little circle, is that on the leaf or on the actual flower? No, on the stem. It's on the stem. Yeah. Okay, so... Flower and it falls and it off. Falls off. Okay, so there, that's a beetle that uh-huh. comes in and it chews the just the, the the top of the stem, right? And usually comes out at night, so you can't you can't see it. There is actually a hibiscus beetle, but uh-huh. there's quite a few beetles that like your hibiscus. Uh-huh. Um, if you go out at night, you may see them. Uh, they crawl up. So what you can do is you can get a sticky substance that you put on the base of your hibiscus. What? It's like a sticky glue mm-hmm. and they can't crawl up past that. So that prevents them from going up. If it's a flying beetle, that's more of a problem. So uh, you might have to resort to uh, pyrethrum or a neem oil. But the thing is you have to make contact with whatever it is. So Ah. you might need to go out at night. But try the sticky... that sticky glue that you put at the base of the trees first. All right. Thank you, Jane. Um, We're three minutes away from news. We'll sneak a few more in. Hello, Joan from Bassendine. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Um, Sabrina, I've been watching um, the seed pod on my Stephanotis carefully. Yeah. And and one day when I looked away, it, of course, split open. Yeah. (laughs) But I have rescued half the seeds. Yep. So how do I actually strike those seeds? Well, they germinate quite readily, Joan. So do they? Yeah, but you need proper seed-raising mix. needs yeah. to be very friable. Yeah. So yeah. you just sprinkle the, the seeds on top of the seed-raising mix and then over the top of the seed you've got to get a bag of vermiculite. Yes, got that. Okay, sprinkle that on top and then don't water with a watering can, just do it with a spray gun. So okay. the depth of the vermiculite on top of the stephanotis seed only needs to be twice the depth of the seed. So, Because the seed is the dark part on the end of the feather, isn't that's it? That's right. So that yeah. feather is basically, that's just a mechanism to yeah. Yeah, yeah. to blow the seed away. Good so. stuff. Thank you, Joan. Uh, just a quick update. The Rotto yeah. Swim. Um, looks like Sam Shepard will win. He's coming in right now. He's a Victorian swimmer and the first solo so I'm sure there'll be another update coming soon. Tim is in Injured Up. Good morning Tim. Hi there. Hi Tim. Hello I've got a I've got a working on a property with heaps and heaps of succulents and a lot of them look like something is coming and taking a little nibble of the leaves. Ah okay okay so that's probably beetles or weevils Tim. Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna have to go out at night time with a torch to see what's doing that because I reckon it's going to be happening in the at night time. The other thing that does that are caterpillars, but you will see them and you will see their poo. Oh, okay. So, on the leaves? Yeah, on the leaves, little round round deposits of poo because um, mm-hmm. the, the amount of stuff that caterpillars eat. But it's probably beetles or weevils. So okay. um, hard to control on succulents, but um, you can Someone use... Someone told me there was something that I could put in the soil, like a crushed up shell, and it, they, because they're um, when they walk on it, it actually kills them. No, no, there's, no, I don't know where that 
came from, Tim, but there won't be any truth in that whatsoever. <laughs> sorry I'm about sorry. that, Tim. <laughs> uh, Grevillea's not flowering. Uh, Noel from Bunbury? Um, trace elements, yep. I would say. That's going to be the, the go. Geez, you're good, Sabrina. Uh, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Have yourself a f- splendid weekend and we'll see you next Saturday. You will. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.